Sky Sports Radio combined with Harness Racing New South Wales brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Yes, it is time to talk Harness Racing. Fred Hastings, good morning to you. How are you? Uh, well, Grant, we had a, an amazing night uh, at headquarters last night. Of course, the first race was scheduled for 6.25 on Chariots of Fire race night, but that mammoth storm that swept from the south up through Sydney and uh, caused havoc and still many homes without power this morning in certain pockets of Sydney. Uh, we copped it pretty bad. In terms more so of the electrical uh, activity, uh, incredible lightning, a few strikes very close to the track and stewards had no alternative but to delay the meeting. There was never a, a real threat of it being called off or anything like that. The track was incredible um, in terms of the amount of rain we, we got. But the, the lightning, I, I haven't seen lightning uh, like that ever and i had a, a great vantage point and um as a result the meeting i think for memory the last race had something like six uh variations to the uh, original time uh the stewards worked in close consult with sky racing they worked in close consult with tab and they uh, were even on the phone to the bureau of meteorology to get yeah updated reports uh, as to wind shifts and whether the storm could blow back and so forth and so on so all efforts were made to get the meeting run and uh, by gee it was worth it because we saw some incredible performances for me none bigger than the win of catch a wave in the chariots of fire let's relive the uh, concluding stages and Captain Ravishing leads by five metres. Second, Tim's a trooper. Ahead away, third on the outside is Catch a Wave, and they were followed by Lightning Dan, three pegs fourth. He's a son of a gun, gets a gun run. It's one out, one back. Back on the inside, Mahomes, and then came Invitation Only. Trailing Trio can't find a better man on the outside of my ultimate, Ronnie, and last of all, Republican Party. Halfway home in the chariots, 28-5, second quarter. 54-5 and five for the first half as they work off the back with 600 metres left to go. Captain Ravishing leads by about three metres to its wheel second catch a wave and then came Tim's a trooper followed by he's a son of a gun. Lightning Dan at the cages was fifth and then came Mahomes it's racing on the inside of invitation only and the others are being headed as they near the turn by Mulder but Ronnie but near the turn it's Captain Ravishing third quarter 27 leads by four or five metres on catch a wave and this pair have burst away he just wanted to hang in a shade the leader is Captain Ravishing. Pitt gets to work. Trying hard as catch a wave. It's Captain Ravishing. He's still clear. He leads by four metres. Inch by inch. Catch a wave is cutting back the margin. Here comes catch a wave. Dives up. Grabs the captain. Catch a wave wins the chariots. Catch a wave is beaten. In second, Posse, Captain Ravishing can't find a better man and mailed him at Ronnie steamed home and got third and fourth. Yeah, what, a, what an incredible performance by uh, the winner, Catch a Wave. And uh, Captain Ravishing came into the race, the prohibitive odds on favourite. Uh, they backed it. It was about $1.22 when markets opened and uh, got down as low as around $1.15 uh, when they jumped away. Uh, catch a wave I actually said uh, in doing the update uh, or just prior to the call that, that you know, you'll see a different catch a wave with the benefit of having raced at Menangle the preceding week a few things not going his way and by gee things certainly didn't go his way in the early stages uh, we're hoping to catch up with trainer Andy Gaff and he is online he's making his way back south and uh, we really appreciate Andy giving us some time Andy I've called 14 chariots since uh, I've been uh, in the role uh, here in New South Wales, and I have to rate that as the best. How did you see it? 
Yeah, no, it was uh, very satisfying, not only to win a race, but to have a horse to perform at that level. So, um, yeah, no, it was a great thrill for me, and it's quite animated after races, people had to see me, but, um, yeah, no, have a horse to perform like that as a trainer is very satisfying. With justification, I have to say, you clocked 149.1, or the horse clocked 149.1, that's his fourth group one, and he's banked over 500-odd thousand, and gets an invite into the uh, Miracle Mile in two weeks' time. Now, I don't know if a decision has been made. I'm, I'm sure uh, you, you may wish to discuss that with, uh, with Pauline Matthews. But uh, just a little sidelight, Andy. Since about 2015, I think it is, every winner of the chariots has either placed or won the Miracle Mile in uh, the year they've competed. So that's got to be another little carrot dangling. Yeah, no, that's good enough for me, Fred. Uh, at, at this stage, he, he'll be heading towards that race. So obviously, um, the, the way it's worked out, that you know, he doesn't have to race for a fortnight and get straight into it. So um, the plan is to race him in the Miracle Mile. And it would have been a, a, a yeah, bittersweet win. Obviously, such excitement winning a race like that, but tinged with a little bit of sadness. Uh, Richard uh, uh, Matthews passed away, you know, recently, and and just a little bit of. Uh, uh, joy in the fact that the horse performed so well on the big stage, uh, you know, I guess in memory of, of Richard passing. No, yeah, definitely. He's been a great client of mine over years, Richard was, and uh, to finally get a horse that he's been dreaming of and not to be able to share it with us, but, you know, this horse will carry on his memory going forward, and the family didn't have a lot of involvement, the rest of the family didn't have a lot of involvement in harness racing, but really embraced it since Richard's death, and, you know, it's just sort of great for them just to sort of carry on Richard's memory and legacy and yeah that was just, uh, ecstatic after the race I bet they were now let's just break it down he, he got away okay and, and Kate came across and had a bit of a look for the lead there was no lead but he he was able to work to the breeze but it did take him you know a good 400 metres to you know finally get to the breeze what went through your mind you, you probably saw that Kate didn't bustle him out but you're sitting outside the boom horse captain ravishing what went through your mind at the 1200 yeah, obviously, uh, we wanted to run the gate a little bit and sort of chance see Captain Ravishing. We wanted him to sort of bustle out of the gate because he hasn't come off the arm since then we haven't played and have trained him. So we wanted to put him in a different scenario that he wasn't used to. But um, he was too quick for us and couldn't cross. And we probably half knew that before the race that we're probably going to be stuck in the death and have to sit outside. And I said, you know, our horse is really good. And I know that horse is really good as well, but... um. We knew our horse was spot on and run a great race. So, um, yeah, she just sort of sat there quiet and probably had an opportunity to sort of jump on his back around the bend. Sort of helped as well. He got that little bit of breather and just a little bit of confidence. So, um, yeah, but he's still, you know, he's really strong on the line. Andy, on the turn, the, the two horses, Captain Ravishing and your bloke, catch a wave, shot away from the pack. And as you say, Kate uh, cleverly grabbed a little bit of a slipstream trail for, for you know, a little part of the race on the turn. When you flattened in, were you thinking to yourself, look, he sat outside Captain Ravishing, they've gone slick time early, uh, you know, second prize in a, in a chariot is pretty good, or did you actually still think at the top of the lane you had enough to, to grab Captain Ravishing? Yeah, he probably wasn't um, tracking that well, Captain Ravishing. He was sort of getting mm. in a little bit and probably wasn't perfect mm. in his gait. So, you know, that sort of gave me a little bit of hope. But again, um, you, you would know what a great horses, Captain Ravishing, and how many great performances he's put in. So wasn't super confident, but I knew my bloke would finish off really well. And, you know, we we're pretty confident going into the race that it's the best he's ever been and he's really spot on. So, um, but mm. still, you know, I, I couldn't foresee the performance that he put in Saturday night as, as well as I expected he'd go. 
you know, that's what I've done what I'd thought he'd be able to do. Yeah, no, I think, well, you know, I guess he, he kind of exceeded, well, and that you've just answered the question, he, he exceeded my expectations a little. I always knew he was outstanding, and I did say pre uh, the race that, you know, you'll see a, a different catch away. Does the benefit of having a run at the track the week before, giving him a look at the track and, and, and so forth, how, how, does that make a big difference, do you think, or did that make a big difference? Oh, I think so. Um, you know, we made the decision last week to go back at the start, and we're yes. mindful that some horses probably do struggle their first run at Menangle and can really gas them, and even who's <laughs> probably fortunate to qualify in the end, um, yeah. we really wanted him to hit the line. We didn't want him to have a tough run and sort of be dropping out and, you know, not having an opportunity to have him spot on for the final. So, um, yeah, you know, you know, it all worked into our favour, and you know, he benefited a lot from that first start at Menangle. Mm. He he he, he uh, handled retention okay. The retention bump. He he was perfect. Um, you know, I couldn't really be happier with him. He didn't. You know, he, he loved being in there. He was really good. And so, um, yeah, I've, I've probably never been so. You know, wasn't confident of winning the race, but I've never been so confident of a horse performing well. He was just in such great order and such a great space. So, you know, we expect him to perform really well. Kate's never been off the horse. Uh, has he got a few tricks? And, and the fact that Kate knows him inside out, does that help? <laughs> yeah, he's got a lot of tricks. <laughs> um, <laughs> Do no, tell. No, but, he, no, but, he, but he's getting getting a lot better, obviously. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's, um, yeah, he's sort of turning into a complete racehorse now, but early on as a two-year-old, he was yeah. you know, very difficult. And, um, but, yeah, he's a, every start he has, he's getting better all the time. I even saw yeah, last yeah. week, you know, he didn't really score up that great at the start. He's... You know, he does test you every now and then. <laughs> what about, you, you just touched on, as a two-year-old, he had a few little tricks and his bit of maturity and uh, experience has come to the fore. But did you always see this horse, Andy, as a horse, hey, I've got something really special here when you had him as a baby? Yeah, like, t- to be honest, before he had his first race start, um, mm. you know, I think he worked with Tango Tara and, you know, beat him in track work and he's an unraced two-year-old and he's, beating a sort of high quality three four horse in Tango Tara and you think, geez, what have we got here? So um yeah, so mm-hmm. he, he's always shown great ability. Um but yeah, it's just taking time to get the racing manners to come with it. The sixty four thousand dollar question, I'm gonna put you on the spot and you probably know where I'm heading here. <laughs> is he is he the best you've had? Is he potentially the best you've had? Yeah, I've probably answered this question before and I think so, for sheer ability. And Brian's mm. he's probably the best horse I've had. You know, I've had some been fortunate along the lines. I've had horses like Caribbean Blaster won over a million dollars in the year or so, one of Chariots, uh, yes. Tornado Valley and La Cucaracha and some good trotters, but for just sheer ability, um, you know, even what he done last night. I've never had a horse been able to do what he mm. done last night. And I touched on Kate knowing him so well. A <laughs> terrific performance by Kate because she didn't you know, she didn't gas him at the start. She come across, had a look, and she just pretty much sat up on him and let him find the breeze. Uh, do you ever give Kate instructions in these big races, or do you just discuss it yourselves? Is she the boss? Uh, what, what goes on? No, no. We go through a lot of different scenarios. Yep, yep. Um, so, yeah, so, um, you know, one of the scenarios that we did go through that if he did lead and Captain Ravishing come back around, we probably would let him go. Yes. And because I thought that was the best way of beating him, to be honest. And then, um, you know, I said, if you are following Captain Ravishing, don't pull out too halfway down the straight. Yeah. Don't try and get him at the top of the straight. And, you yeah. know, it's probably why she jumped on his back halfway down, you know, around the bend and 
waited to halfway down the straight before she pulled out because, um, you know, we did discuss that scenario before the race. So we go through a lot of different scenarios, but, you know, she's the one who's got to make the split-second decision uh, when she's out there. And, yeah, so, um, you know, she got it right last night. Absolutely. Certainly did. Well, really appreciate you pulling over and giving us some time. You're heading back home? <laughs> yeah, I'm just here at Tarkala now, actually. The horse is just in a yard having a bit of a roll, so he's in great order. He's so, in good order, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and awesome. thanks for the great call too, Fred. I never got a chance oh. to watch replay till late last night, and yeah, the call matched the race, which was good. Ah, oh, blessed. Thanks very much for that, Andy. I really appreciate your time. Good luck in a fortnight. Uh, as I said, the stats indicate we'll see him in the top three. Uh, let's hope I haven't put the mock on, but uh, he, he's an outstanding yeah. horse, and uh, he's going to transition to the open grades, no doubt. And uh, I think you capped it off nicely when you said he's probably the best you've had so again thanks for your time congratulations to uh, no. to all concerned see you in a fortnight no thanks fred and hopefully you're ringing me again uh in fortnight <laughs> <at 10:30 laughs> oh, I hope i'm chatting <laughs> in a fortnight good on yeah. you thanks so much andy well, on. thank you See ya. andy gathe grant uh just an outstanding uh, horseman and uh, of course uh, uh his uh, wife kate they, they do an amazing job and gee it was a good performance last night just before we wrap it up we've got about a, a two minutes uh just other honorable mentions uh of course uh last night tough tilly from the outside draw sat uh uh, in the breeze, won the Robin Dundee. I thought she was uh, right up there as one of the runs of the night. Uh, better zip it uh, for Grimo and Cam Hart. They uh, did a great job in the fast class race. Cam got right up on the pegs and was able to score. Uh, the barrier draws for the Queen Elizabeth II and the Yokes, they'll be conducted at noon at the offices of Harness Racing New South Wales this coming Monday. Um, the Yokes heats were won by Soho Seraphine and Kalua Flyby, the Kiwi G. Uh, I, it's going to be hard to beat Kalua Flyby. I really like the way she's come along. She's had two runs at Menangle for two wins, but she looked last night like she's a real dour type. Uh, she went over the mile first up in Oz, but, gee, I think the mile and a half is right up her alley uh, with a decent draw and good luck. Kalua Flyby, I think, will be hard to beat in the Yokes. And, of course, Newcastle, the very first Miracle Mile invitation uh, for this year's Miracle Mile was won by Mac Dan, who's managed to go back-to-back -back at Newcastle, uh, won the race last year, won it again this year in a good, tough, staying performance, sat parked, and a uh, very, very tough effort. And that augurs well for his prospects in the Miracle Mile. And next Saturday, of course, we have, uh, I guess the puzzle comes together for the Miracle Mile, where we have the, the two sprint qualifiers, uh, that'll see, uh, in all probability, uh, two places uh, pretty much sewn up um, from each heat. So that'll bring us to six, and then uh, the, the uh, directors at Club Menanga will make the decision. Uh, faced with an incredible conundrum, Grant, uh, Captain Ravishing ran second, and they have been known to pluck a horse uh, from the chariot's placing yeah. into the Miracle Mile, and remembering Captain Ravishing before last night's race, with all expectations were that he would win was uh, and would therefore run in the Miracle Mile. He was the pre-post favourite for the Miracle Mile with Tab. So um, he'd be holding a fair bit of dollars in futures markets and the like. So the directors have got quite the, uh, the you know, unless there's some incredible performances in the, the sprints uh, next week uh, by the uh, third and fourth horses perhaps, um, you know, you'd expect to see Captain Ravishing uh, get into the Miracle Mile field. But that's on the pace for another edition. We started the carnival with a bang. And I tell you what, right down the name Literally. catch away. 
Yes, well, we are. Oh, Freddie, you, just, there be, was some just before we do wrap it up, I mean, the Chariots yes, of, of Fire, I, I'm totally biased here. It's, it's my favourite race on the calendar because uh, way back when, uh, you know, Harness Racing New South Wales came up with the idea of running the Chariots of Fire, they had a media award, and uh, you remember Dallas Baker and myself put the, a, a musical package together on the Chariots mm-hmm. of Fire, and we took that out, and part of the, the prize was attending the first running of the Chariots mm-hmm. of Fire, and... It was a like harness racing in those days wasn't getting big crowds, and you got to the track, and there were people everywhere. The yeah. build up was extraordinary, and you just knew, even though this was the inaugural running of this race, you just knew that it was going to be something special on the calendar. And you had a long night last night. I know you worked big hours, and thank you for your time this morning. We really appreciate it. But being the Chariots of Fire, which was originally, you know, derived from the the poem and then, of course, the movie, uh, based on two runners, two British runners who were devout religious people, one racing for God and one racing against prejudice, to have the skies open up the way they did last night would have have set the stage perfectly, I would have thought, albeit make it a long night. Yeah, look, it was an incredible night. Uh, hats off to the stewards. Hats off to the participants. They hung around. We all hung around. We were waiting. As I said, I had my race book. I could barely read. I barely knew what time the, the races were going because I'd made about four or five adjustments <laughs> to the race book. I actually thought of calling for a new race book at one stage. But look, they got through the night. You're right about the chariots. And I think what they've cleverly done, uh, you know, Clubman Angle and Harness Racing New South Wales, They've made this race, and I just touched on it with Andy, they've made this race a qualifier for the Miracle Mile. And the four-year-olds, you know, there's once a time where three- and four-year-olds, they did participate in the Miracle Mile, but four-year-olds get that entry now, and they've performed so well uh, in the last probably seven, eight, nine years. So uh, I think adding the the chariots to a Miracle Mile qualifier, that's made a big difference, and I can't wait for, for next Saturday, as I said, the puzzle becomes clearer. Thanks for uh, having me on and we'll do it all again next week.